Okay, your last few trips to the grocery store. Have you picked up one of your favorite items, looked at the price, and said, what? Or, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it turns out you're not alone. Grocery store sticker shock, it's a real thing, and it's actually changing the way all of us are shopping. And here with the details is Janet Music, Research Coordinator at AgriFood Analytics Lab. Janet joins us now here on Global News Radio. Janet, good afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Tell us a bit more, if you could, about this latest research. Uh, first, do we know exactly what is driving grocery store prices higher? Well, I think it's a combination of a couple of factors. And one would be adverse weather patterns that are taking place out west. So droughts in the prairies and wildfires in, in BC and California where where things are grown. And then there's, of course, the ongoing, forever ongoing COVID-19 pandemic in which it's it's difficult to get supplies, so packaging and, and stuff shipped from our global trade partners because they're not, um, you know, they're not uh, having success with their pandemic levels in their countries. Yeah. Yeah. So is this just on a few items, Janet, or is this pretty much across the board? Is it everything? Because I think for a lot of us that have been to the grocery store lately, it seems like everything is priced higher. Yeah, it's on average, it's about 5% uh, food price inflation. And so most people notice it at the meat counter. So the cuts of meat, uh, not as cheap as they once were, bacon especially. And then in some places, up to 30% uh, price increase on cuts of meat. But not just meat. So, you know, those center aisles in the center of the store where we get sauces and oils and cookies, those items are increasing in price as well. So, you know, a trip to the grocery store is going to cost you more now than it did this time last year. I am familiar with that cookie aisle, by the way. I've been down it once okay. or twice, yes. <laughs> and uh, by the way, it is just not higher prices, but also talk to us a bit about uh, packages in something known as shrinkflation that apparently has really taken hold. Yes, that's right. So you would notice that in the cookie aisle, especially. Um, and it's really this kind of stealthy way of raising prices without really being in your face as a consumer. And so, and it doesn't just happen overnight. It's it's over a period of time. So, you know, the package stays the same size, but the, the cookies kind of shrink slowly in size, but maybe they stay the same in volume. And then over time, the volume gets decreased as well. So you're getting less uh, weight per cookie uh, and less cookies, but for the same price. So All right. Yeah. So we are paying more and we're getting less, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so is this then, Janet, a temporary thing? I mean, you mentioned off the top some of this is supply chain related because of the pandemic. And once the pandemic uh, is finally uh, over, uh, can we expect maybe prices to come down and the weather situation as well once that uh, passes? Or are these high prices, do you believe they're here to stay? Well, I think it's normal that every year there's at least or around 2% food price inflation. It's been higher this year for sure. Um, but there's really no indication that, that that would change. I don't know that, you know, these adverse weather events are going to stop. Um, you know, we, we hope that they do. And certainly there must be an end to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and so maybe those supply chain disruptions from trade um, will, will 
go away maybe but and then of course there's the labor issue as well right and so COVID-19 has really disrupted labor in this country and so how is that going to affect the price of food potentially not at the grocery store but definitely when we go out to dine. Joined on the line by Janet Music, Research Coordinator at AgriFood Analytics Lab, talking about the latest research from there regarding Canadians experiencing sticker shock at the grocery store. And uh, Janet, you have also found that uh, these higher prices are actually having an impact on the way all of us are shopping? That's right. So, you know, everything old is kind of new again. And so people are, are returning to couponing, which I, you know, I remember my grandmother doing when I was a kid. And, you know, not that people stopped couponing, but there's this renewed interest in couponing. But I think in terms of the biggest behavioral chain is that change is that, you know, we're not going out once a week to get a big load of groceries. We're, we're spending more time in the flyers comparison shopping. So maybe you would have went to one store to get everything at one point, but now we're finding that people are are going to one or two or even three stores to get all of their groceries at the best price. And, you know, there's this real digital kind of revolution that took place. And, and thanks in part, I guess, to the COVID-19 pandemic in which people are using, you know, uh, Instacart to get to get good prices or click and collect so that they don't have to go into the store. And so now you're able to get a lot of your groceries without even stepping foot into the store. So I think there is a lot of things happening here. But the thing that I think is most interesting is that people are now really looking for those best uh, used tonight, enjoy tonight stickers, especially at the meat counter. So you can get significant discounts if you, you know, time it right. You can get a really good cut of meat for 50% off, for example, if you're willing to cook tonight. So that means I am familiar with those uh, stickers, Janet. I can tell you right now, we have a large grocery store, just kitty corner from the uh, station. Go over there for lunch uh, semi-regularly and uh, always looking for the 50% off salads for lunch. Yes. Yes, that's right. And so they're still perfectly fine to eat. And, you know, you save a little bit of money on, on, on food. And also, you know, we're wasting less food if we eat more of it, you know, before we don't just let it go to the compost or whatever. We're actually enjoying it, even if it's two, two days old or whatever. And that's a good thing, obviously, less food waste. But uh, back to couponing for just a second. Uh, is the coupons, are they easy to find? Are they bountiful uh, right now? Or companies with very slim margins, are they really not giving out discounts and coupons? Well, I mean, I think there's always going to be a loss leader. So, you know, and I think this is a pretty typical kind of um, technique to get people into the store is that you have a really good deal on one thing that perhaps you don't need. And then while you're there, you pick up 10 other things. Right. So, I mean, that is a pretty normal behavior for most stores. And I, I think if it, even if stores aren't giving the same amount of coupons, we are able to access them now through online apps and, and just going online to different store sites. Whereas used to, we have to rely on them coming to our mailbox. We don't actually have to do that anymore. We can go searching for it. You bet. And finally, uh, what sort of implications do you believe that these higher prices, if they're here to stay, will have for Canada, for Canadians, and our health as well? Because uh, as we know, typically it costs more to eat healthy, and that can have ramifications on uh, the healthcare system down the line as well. It's true. It's true. And I, I think for a 5%, and it, it doesn't sound that much when you're talking about it, but 
you know, from last year, that's an extra $695 per, like, for the year. And that's a significant amount of money for people who are very close to the line or, or, or marginally food insecure. Um, you know, and then I think that we're going to change how we, how we eat to adjust to that. So maybe we're not having meat every night. Maybe we're only having it, you know, two or three nights a week or even less. You know, maybe we're going to give up on the cookies. I don't see that happening, but it is a possibility. And so you're right. If we, you know, tend to eat less processed food, perhaps we will be healthier. Um, but I don't necessarily think the stress of being in financial, on the margins financially is better for your health than, say, having a cookie. Do you know what I mean? So these are very complicated complicated issues for Canadians in general, but they're definitely going to notice a difference at the grocery store when it comes to stretching those food dollars. Without a doubt. Janet, really appreciate the time with us this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. Janet Music is with the Agri-Food Analytics Lab on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.